When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Joined for our weekly Zeiss's Right video by Paul Zeiss, uh, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. We'll tell you more about them in a little bit. Paul, how are you? I'm doing good, Adam. I just walked out of my uh, physical therapy appointment, and um, don't get old is all I'm going to tell you. Don't get I'm old. Tra- <laughs> I'm trying. It's not, it's not working, Paul. I'm trying my best. <laughs> I'm no. just telling you, man. Uh, and, uh, yeah, my doctor, Dr. Vince, he, he, I think in a different life he was a sadistic uh, uh, a torture guy or something because uh, – you know, now the good thing is a little bit later tonight when I loosen up and everything, I'll feel a lot better. But boy, right when I walk out, it's tough. So I'm good, though. I'm really good. Well, let's uh, let's help you loosen up with a little bit of uh, Steelers quarterback talk. I think that's you know, that's always an easy topic to discuss. The, the the big topic today is Steelers owner Art Rooney telling KDK's Bob Pompiani in a pre-Super Bowl interview that he's open to the Steelers trading for a quarterback this offseason kind of fanning the flames on the Justin Fields fire that a lot of uh, fans have been, you know, they've been kind of beating that drum. So Paul, I want to, I want to get your opinion first on the, the concept of giving up resources in a trade to acquire a quarterback to compete with Kenny Pickett. I just don't think that those two things are really compatible. I think if you're giving up draft capital, if you're giving up, you know, possibly players, if you're giving up money, you're not doing it so that that a guy, hypothetically Justin Fields, can sit behind Kenny Pickett and, and come in and play for him. Um, you know, if, if Kenny Pickett struggles, you're doing it to a probably compete with Kenny Pickett and b probably give that person the job. That's why I'm still a little bit suspicious that that any of these trade rumors, whether they're Russell Wilson or anyone else, would ever happen. Uh, well, I would have to see who it is, right, Adam. I mean, if it's – and I don't even know what his contract status is, but let's say it's somebody like Jacoby Brissett. I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine it would take to, that much to get a guy like that, right? And you would probably bring him in, and I, I could see that being the case where you're going to have a guy like that come in and just sort of compete, sort of, you know, quote-unquote compete. But really he's going to be the backup, and if Kenny Pickett falters, he'll be the guy that can get you through the end of the season because he's proven – He's, he can win games here and there in the in, in the NFL. Um, but the other rumors, I I actually agree with you, uh, believe it or not. Uh, you're not trading for Justin Fields if you're not going to make him your starter. You're just not. You're not bringing Russell Wilson here, and nor would he want to come here if he's going to be your backup. You know, he's a guy that's looking at his clock, and what is he, like 37 years old or whatever he is? 
I mean, he's not looking at his clock and saying, yeah, I'm going to spend my last couple of years as a backup to Kenny Pickett. So I, I think that it all depends on what level of quarterback we're talking about. And I really, really, really would be very, very suspicious of any rumor that suggests they're going to go get one of these guys who's a starter and say, okay, well, you're going to come in and compete. You might be our backup. I just, I mean, I, even Justin Fields, I, I can't see a scenario where you're going to bring a guy like him in because you're not going to get him cheap. No matter what you think, you're not going to get him cheap. Uh, he's the first round pick and all that other stuff. So I, I agree with you, Adam. I think that if they're going to bring a guy in, it's going to be somebody like, and it, the only reason I bring up his name, Jacoby Brissett, is because, you know, I saw his name on one of these blogs somewhere. And he's the kind of guy that I've said, okay, well, that would actually make sense. You know, and if he's a free agent, that makes even more sense. But I can't imagine you're going to trade for somebody, bring them in here with the idea that, well, we're going to bring you in and you're going to probably be a backup because I don't think that works. I think the price for Justin Fields I've seen going around, Paul, is a second round pick. And yeah, I, I think that's where I begin to say you're not gonna you're not gonna take a second round pick and essentially flush it down the toilet, assuming, you know, if you start Kenny Pickett and, and things go well, then you flush the second round pick down the toilet to have Justin right. Fields. Now granted, maybe, you know, if things start working out with Kenny Pickett, you have Justin Fields on the roster, maybe you can flip him for a second or third round pick to someone else. I just think there's a lot of steps between here and there that are completely unnecessary. Um, Paul, let me just ask this question, this next question in a vacuum, though. Um, who do you think is a better fit, objectively, for what Arthur Smith is going to want to do with this this new Steelers offense, Justin Fields or Kenny Pickett? Well, I mean, I think, obviously, Kenny Pickett. Well, you know what? Here's the thing, uh, Adam. Let me think about that. That's a great question. I, I would say this. It fits Kenny Pickett because you're not going to ask Kenny Pickett to, to carry the load and do some of the things that we see some of these uh, other offenses ask their quarterback to do. That being said, if you can add Justin Fields' legs to a running game that's already going to be you know bolstered and you're going to have the two and three tight end sets and do all the different things that they want to do, now you add a quarterback that can really run and, and do a lot of damage. I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I know that Arthur Smith doesn't necessarily like or doesn't hasn't necessarily utilized that kind of quarterback. But I would have to believe that Justin, Smith, uh, Justin Fields would be a really dangerous player in an offense that is predicated on running the football when you consider that you're adding him in the way that you're adding him in. So my answer in a long way, I, I actually think both of them fit the offense. Kenny Pickett probably is a little bit more of a prototype because, you know, he's going to be able to do the play action stuff um, and, and, and uh, the, the throws you're going to ask him to make are probably throws he can make. But good Lord, if you could add Justin Fields' legs into that, how, how much more dangerous would that offense be? Yeah, and that's I, I I kind of agree with you, Paul, and I think that that's why that's where the the trade conversations should be centered, and I don't think that we should just like pretend that that if you bring someone else like Justin Fields in, that there's going to be a competition. I think you're making a choice when you make that trade, and, and just I, I think that clarifies things, right? If you say, "Oh, you think Justin Fields is the better guy," then then to me, I'm willing to entertain the idea of a trade. I, then I'm willing to entertain giving up a second round pick 
to say, okay, this guy's probably going to be our starter, and then Kenny Pickett may get another chance if Justin Fields falters rather than the other way around. Um, Paul, let me ask that same question with regard to free agent quarterbacks. Um, We've talked a lot about Ryan Tannehill. Um, We've talked about Kirk Cousins. You just mentioned Jacoby Brissett. Um, Russell Wilson, I think, probably is on the periphery of that conversation. But do any of those guys that, that we've talked about to this point, regardless of what it would take to get them, do you think they fit the system better or worse than Kenny Pickett does? Uh, well, obviously Ryan Tannehill probably would be the guy that makes the most sense simply because he's got the, uh, the history in the, in the system. And we saw the way that he ran it. I mean, you know, the couple of years in a row there when they had their running game really rolling with Derrick Henry, Tannehill actually was a really functional player, but I don't know that that necessarily means, um, at this stage in his career, you know, three, four years removed from that, he still has, uh, what it takes. Um, the thing about it, Adam is. I think that any of the quarterbacks we're talking about, because of what the objectives of the offense, at least as I understand it, are, and the way that he wants to run it, and the way that he wants to, you know, the things that he's going to value. I mean, I think any one of these quarterbacks would be good. I, I really like, for instance, uh, like I said, uh, I think, you know, a guy like Jacoby Brissett, who you, he's proven that you can win games with it. Ryan Tannehill obviously knows the offense. Kenny Pickett's never going to be a guy where you're going to want him to stand back there and chuck it around 45 times. But could he be a guy that throws it 22, 23 times? And, you know, out of those 22 and 23 times, eight to 10 of them are play action plays, you know, and he's handed it off a lot and they've got three tight end sets and they're, you know, playing big and heavy. And I, I, I think he can be an effective player like that. And I know that, you know, there's some people that say, well, you didn't make him a first-round pick to be that kind of player. Okay, well, that's that's great, but that's pie-in-the-sky stuff. He's here. He's who you got. So now you got to figure out how do we make it so that that first-round pick isn't wasted. Uh, and if he can't run a system where you're going to ask him to uh, throw the ball 45 times a game and and do some of those crazy things that you know the, the, the top quarterbacks can do, you got to figure out the way that you can get the most out of them. That's what I like about Arthur Smith, the hire. I know there were a lot of people that weren't happy about it because everybody wanted someone from the Sean McVay tree or the Cal Shanahan tree. But at the end of the day, if you don't have personnel like that, and you don't have people like that, and you don't have players like that, and especially if you don't have a quarterback like that, it makes no sense. So, you know, I like a lot of these guys, Adam. Um, I just think that when, when you look at what the Steelers want to try and be, you can deny it till you're blue in the face and talk about how the game is played differently and all that other great stuff, but this is the reality. So let's deal in the reality. Um, I think that this is a good fit for Kenny Pickett's talents. And, you know, I think you could bring another an, any number of quarterbacks in here and they probably would be a good fit for them as well. Uh, if you were to tell me that you have a chance to bring in Justin Fields, or somebody like that that adds a different dimension running the football, I'd be really interested in that. But for the most part, um, I think Kenny Pickett, you got to give him a shot to get this done. Paul, while we're talking quarterbacks, wanted to get your thoughts on Jerry Dulac's reporting that um, it's looking like Mike Sullivan has a good chance to stick around as the quarterbacks coach. Um, it's not official yet. They, they're also interviewing some other candidates, but um, you know, there, there seems to be some hope that, that Mike Sullivan could stay, at least on his part. Um, should that be the case? Yeah, I think he did a nice job of play calling Paul. 
uh, kind of gave the offensive spark, spark with Mason Rudolph after Matt Canada was fired. But but did he really do much for Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, for that matter, the guy that they had invested in as the backup until he just wasn't working out anymore? If your problem with the Steelers over the last three years is quarterback development, I mean, you got rid of one of the problems. But how does Mike Sullivan, who is directly in charge of the the position, how does he get a pass? And I know that there's probably that element of, well, Kenny really likes him. Kenny gets along with him. He understands Kenny. Okay, well, that's great, but he hasn't done a good job of developing Kenny, obviously. So um, I, I, I'm different, Adam, in this. I hate these, you know, this guy wanted the job, didn't get it, so let's leave him back in his other job. I hate the idea of we're going to go in a different direction, right? Let's go in a different direction. But if you're going to go in a different direction, then go in a different direction. And we talked about it last week, Adam. I hate the fact that you bring in a new coordinator and don't let him hire his own guys. That's, that's to me, the biggest issue here. But I don't know how Mike Sullivan gets a pass or whatever and Matt Canada gets fired when the biggest issue that they had, or at least the Steelers had, or at least we think they had, is the development or lack thereof at the quarterback spot. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of, of Mike Sullivan calling the plays for Kenny Pickett to see you know, what, what their chemistry actually looks like and whether he has a better feel of, of Kenny Pickett than Matt Canada did. Um, you know, because we, we saw that the, I mean, he got, he was interviewed for multiple coordinator jobs. I don't think he's without redeeming values, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he's the guy developing these guys. I'm kind of with you, Paul, of, of, you know, let Arthur Smith pick who he wants to pick, move on and, and see what happens. Paul, we're going to come back and talk about the Steelers wide receiver situation. One of our favorite topics on this show, um, they need a new wide receivers coach. Um, they need potentially some new wide receivers. So we're going to come back right after this break, talk a little bit more about that. Before we do, just want to thank our primary sponsor for this episode and every episode of the Paul Zeiss podcast here on the Post Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel, Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Back here on the Zeiss is Right uh, YouTube show here on the Pittsburgh Sports Now YouTube channel. Paul, I, I teased it. Um, there's a lot of talk about the Steelers get a chance to hire a wide receivers coach. You and I were just talking about Arthur Smith gets to pick his own guys. Um, but of course, as, as as whenever there's a coach opening in Pittsburgh, <laughs> we have to talk about people that have already been here before. Uh, the big name out there that everyone's talking about is Heinz Ward. Uh, he's been coaching around. I think it was the XFL. Um, I think he had a, a stint with the Jets a few years back. He has some coaching chops. It's not like he's just a name the Steelers fans recognize. He'd be bringing in to coach the receivers. Um, but this would probably be his most visible job to date. Um, another name I saw brought up in, in Ray Fittipaldi's chat was Antoine Randall-L, uh, the former um, – th- those, those two were the two ends of the, the uh, <laughs> play touchdown in the uh, Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl that the Steelers won back in 2006. Um, Paul, do you have any interest in those guys coming in here as, as the receiver 
coaches, or um, would you rather see Arthur Smith get to go outside and look for someone uh, more from his own tree? Uh, Plexico Burris and San Antonio Holmes aren't available. Is that what the problem is? Uh, I, listen, Adam, that's why I laughed out loud because I knew exactly where you were going to, to talk about us here in Pittsburgh. Everybody's got to be a back to the future hire. Here's the thing. If, if Arthur Smith is able to interview Heinz Ward, for instance, and thinks it's a good fit at the end of the day, it's a receiver's job. Okay, fine. But if the only reason that Heinz Ward is going to get an interview or be hired or even whatever is because he used to play for the Steelers, that's stupid. And I think that, to me, I keep going back to this. And you used a good phrase. Somebody, a receiver's coach from his own tree. In other words, a receiver's coach that really kind of already understands what he's looking for, what he wants, what you know, how his offense wants, what he's looking for from receivers, all that stuff. You know what I mean? That's all important stuff, to me at least. So I feel like if you look at it that way, I I don't think for one second, I don't think for one second that if you hire, you know, if you're going to make a hire here, if it's just, well, let's, let's hire the old Steeler guy. And I also don't think that the Steelers w- would do that. I, I know that they've done it in the past, but I also know that they've passed on the opportunity to bring some guys back. And so, you know, I'd have to look at what Heinz Ward's actual resume is in terms of coaching and what kind of experience he has and what kind of players he's actually developed in order for me to decide whether or not I think he'd be a good receivers coach or not. But to me, let or if you want to say we're going to give him an interview because of who he is and what he's meant to this team, okay. But you've got to let Arthur Smith interview him and see if he, you know, if he fits. Paul Ray Fittipaldo was asked in his chat also about Tyler Boyd as a potential free agent receiver option. You and I love to talk about the receivers on, on this show. Um, is he the kind of guy you have in mind to be that, you know, not a star receiver, not, not a guy who's going to light things up on the outside, but um, someone competent who makes this room better? Is he good? You know, if, if, it, if it doesn't work with him, right? Ray, Ray kind of said, you know, if the price is right, we don't know what the price is going to be. But if it doesn't work with Tyler Boyd specifically, is he kind of the prototype of what you're looking for here? Well, I mean, I think he's a good receiver, but 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 he's a good like third or fourth receiver right now at this point in his career. Um, again, I keep going back to I, I would like them to go get a just a burner, you know, a speed guy, uh, a speed guy, preferably with some size. But of course, those guys don't grow on trees. Uh, but Tyler Boyd, I think, would be an upgrade. Absolutely, I think he's better than Allen Robinson. Right. So, I mean, I think, you know, you add him into the mix, he'd probably be somebody that, that, that could become a competent player for you. I don't know how much I'd be willing to give, you know, pay him or give him give up for him or what I think he's a free agent. I, I don't know how much I would be willing to invest in him. But I do think that I would look at it and say he is somebody who makes us better. He's somebody who I think probably fits in the role we're looking for in a third or fourth receiver. Um, and if you add him and then you go out and you add another guy that's just a, you know, a, a burner, that's somebody that, that can really stretch the defense, then all of a sudden your, your room looks completely different. And I think that's what they have to try and do this offseason is transform it. Um, but I would not hate Tyler Boyd being a guy they bring in as long as there's other moves that come with it to make that room a little bit more versatile and a little bit better. 
Well, as part of that conversation, Ray Fittipaldo came out with his first seven-round Steelers mock draft. <laughs> um, it was on postgazette.com. I'll include the link to that down in the description. Uh, Brian Backo, Chris Carter also had seven-round mocks of their own coming off the Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl uh, circuit before we get into combine season. Um, none of them had the Steelers going higher than the fourth round – or yeah, higher than the fourth round for with the Steelers drafting a receiver – does that surprise you, given given what we talk about all the time with this group? Um, or do you say, well, maybe that's the range where you start finding that burner guy that you were just mentioning, someone who maybe isn't the most complete receiver, who's, um, you know, whose tape is, is not going to be perfect, but who has the ability to tape, take the proverbial top off the defense? Well, I think the big thing is, Adam, um, we've talked about it many times. Corner. Maybe center, which I don't think you're going to take a center in the first round, right? Maybe tackle and receiver. It's one of your greatest needs. And so, you know, the fact that uh, guys are waiting till the fourth round to say, hey, we're going to pick a, a receiver. Yeah, you're going to get that kind of guy. And I guess here's the thing. If you're telling me, Adam, that they're going to sign Tyler Boyd and then go in the third or fourth round and add one of those guys that runs like a – you know, a 4-3 or whatever, a 4-4, whatever it is, I'd be okay with that. But it's clear that a lot of other people in town and a lot of other – they really look at the Steelers and they say they need another corner probably. They need a a defensive lineman even because you don't know what's going to happen with Cam Hayward. They need a tackle. They need a center. You know, there's all these other positions. There's some people that even think, oh, well, they need an inside linebacker, which I get, except for you've got three of them. Basically, you can keep in the fold. Their, their problem was they got hurt this year. So, you know, I look at that and say, I don't know that that's a need. Um, I think corner is a need. I think tackle probably is a need. Center is a need. And receiver. Those are the places I would look. And quite frankly, since you brought in Arthur Smith, I'd also be looking to maybe bolster another tight end. Although you've got Connor Hayward. You know, you've got uh, Mount Washington. You probably have... Friarmuth back, so you might have enough there already. Paul, also in the draft conversation, um, specifically with those mock drafts, and if if you want to see Brian and Chris's full mock drafts, just look back a video. It's on the Wednesday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. They'll break down all of their picks. Um, Chris went with Jackson Powers Johnson, the Oregon center, as his first-round pick. So did Ray. Um, I think uh, Brian went with Cooper DeGene from Iowa, so, but that was two out of three guys on, you know, at least internally at the Post Gazette who were going for um, Jackson Powers Johnson, who had a great week at the at the Senior Bowl. How do you feel about the Steelers investing a first round pick in a center? Because listen, organizationally, that's it would make a lot of sense because the Steelers have always been at their best when they've had one of their Hall of Fame centers, um, you know, in there and and as an option for them. But you know, around the NFL today, it's a position that um, teams don't really value as as much. Uh, because, you know, they tend to spend their money more on tackles and maybe an occasional, you know, guard. How do you look at, at Max or Jackson Powers Johnson as a, a guy that you could, um, you know, have on, on your offensive line for 10 years? Is that worth a first-round pick if, if you have a first-round grade on him? Well, I mean, where do they pick? About 20th, something in that 20th, neighborhood? yeah. Tw- 20th. I might actually think about moving back if that's who I'm going to draft. You know, see if you can actually get an extra pick out of it. Move back to like 26, 27, something like that, because I think he'll still be there. 
I don't know that people are going to go after a center in the first round. So, you know what I mean? He'll eventually get picked maybe late in the first round. But I would read the room early on in the draft. And if it looks like there's a run at some other positions, he's the kind of guy you probably could actually probably move back and still get. And then you've added another pick. You can address some of your other issues. You know, there's a lot of things you can do if you can get uh, a little bit more draft capital out of it. Uh, by the same token, if there's a run of offensive lines early, offensive linemen early on, um, you might have to think about staying there and grabbing him. But I, I don't hate it because it's a need pick. But, Adam, as we've seen in the past, sometimes you want to take the best player. And, you know, to me, if there's somebody that's obvious, that's probably a better player at a different position, um, you know, I'm, I might be hesitant to use my first-round pick on a center there, uh, and I might go for the guy who's a, who's a better pick because I, I just feel like center is kind of that position that you might be able to get a good one in the second or third round. So, you know, as long as you have them surrounded by good, by good uh, uh, linemen around them, um, you might be able to get, you know, get away with it that way. But uh, uh, I, I'm going to be interested to see what this draft brings because I think there's a lot of possibilities, and one of them is trading back and hoping you get your center. Paul, uh, quickly before we get into some Pirates talk, I wanted to ask you about um, your Super Bowl pick, who you got in this game and why. You know, uh, Ryan uh, and um, Greg, wasn't it Greg Dell, they, uh, they asked – for my uh, pick this week. And I said, you guys don't follow me on Twitter? you got to know, even if I don't think they're winning, I'm going with Brock Purdy. That's my guy, right? And I said to them, I said to them uh, I'll apologize in advance because if San Francisco wins, I could become the most insufferable person on Twitter for a couple of days uh, with all of my Brock Purdy takes. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think San Francisco's better. I do. I think they're better overall. But there's that quarterback on the other side that's hard to pick against. That being said, I'm going to pick against them. I think this, the 49ers are going to win uh, something like – I'll go like 28 to 23, something like that. And um, why not go all in, Adam? Brock Purdy, MVP of the game. There you go, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> pick. Um, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. I'll believe Patrick Mahomes is going to lose one of these games to anyone not named Tom Brady when I see it. Um, I could be wrong, but he, he beat the 49ers two years ago. I'm not sure if, if how, how different things are going to be because I think, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the man. But listen, Tom Brady lost Super Bowls too, so maybe this is one of the ones that Patrick Mahomes is destined to lose. I do love that 49ers roster. We're going to come right back here in a second. We're going to talk about the Pirates, some trade options, some free agent options. Before we do, just want to thank another sponsor, Pitt Johnstown. It's a Pitt quality education with up-close and personal learning, a top-ranked Northeast public college by U.S. News & World Report, generous scholarships and financial aid are available, located on 655 picturesque acres, easy access to city center with shopping and dining, uh, vibrant campus life with an active D2 athlete community. Make sure you check out Pitt Johnstown. Um, we're going to be right back with some Pirates talk. Winding things down here on the Zeiss is Right uh, show here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel talking Pirates free agency, Pirates trade news. Um, 
Paul, our, our Jason Mackey wrote that there is some interest in uh, the former Padres, former Yankees catcher Gary Sanchez. Um, wanted to get your reaction to that, given everything the Steelers have going on at that position. You have Endio Rodriguez out for the season with his uh, injury that he suffered in winter ball. You have Henry Davis, who we were told, you know, all last season is such an unbelievable mess at the, the <laughs> defensively that you know, they couldn't call him up for months and months and months. And then once he got here, they stuck him in right field where he looked like a disaster. Um, do you Is this a guy you think they need to go out and get, Paul, to stabilize things so that you have a professional catcher for, you know, six months and, and then you can work, maybe you work um, Henry Davis in? Or do you think you got to throw Henry Davis in the deep end of the pool and see if he can swim at this position. What's your, what's your read on, on the situation there? Um, how do I say this nicely? You and I talk about this. This is what I like about you and I. What's interesting is when you and I used to clash all the time on, on, uh, on Twitter about the pirates, I was like, I'll never agree with this guy ever, but, you and I see the Pirates probably a lot more similar than dissimilar, which is amazing. Uh, but I think it's part of, partly because we, you know, we we talk a lot more. And everything that you ask me about the Pirates and everything I'm going to write about the Pirates over the next six weeks, it's from this frame, okay? I don't want to hear about developmental projects I don't want to hear about moving forward for the future. I don't. I want to hear about what are we doing to put the team on the field that has a chance to win this year. That's all I care about, really. And so I, I would say going out and signing a catcher, we've been talking about it for six weeks, haven't we? As soon as we found out Andy Rodriguez was hurt, you and I on this show, and I've heard you on other shows, and I've seen you know your, your tweets, We've been talking about how they need to go get a veteran catcher because Henry Davis, uh, maybe he's a, a you know a late bloomer, but Henry Davis has not been a good defensive player, and quite frankly, he hasn't been a very good offensive player either for the most part. So if you're going to go into this season and your goal is to get Henry Davis experience, then you've basically wasted our whole entire last six months or three months or four months since the last se- end of the last season, because this is just going to be an extension of the last season where you're going to win 75 games and we're supposed to say, oh, that's wonderful. So go get a catcher. They need to. Put the best team possible on the field. And the thing about it is Henry Davis will get his a catcher can't catch every day, right? Catcher can't. Ideally, you'd like to have a guy come in and do what? Maybe 120 games, 110 games, something like that, which means Henry Davis is going to have to do 40, 50 games, whatever. You know, if he shows signs that he can get better, then by the end of the year, you probably know, okay, we've got our catcher of the future here between him and Andy Rodriguez. But in the meantime, you're still winning games. You're not, you, you're not doing the thing where you're, well, he's on a learning curve. It, that, that, to me, that's not, an, that's not an acceptable answer this year. I could be being too hard on the Pirates. Maybe my expectations are too high. But that's not acceptable this year. Is Gary Sanchez a guy you like then, Paul? Um, I would have to do a deeper dive into his numbers, but he's an upgrade, isn't he? He's an upgrade over over uh, uh, Henry Davis. So, I mean, I'm sure that I could grow to like him, but I would have to really do a deeper dive. I, I, there's a lot of numbers I like to look at, Adam, to see. 
uh, whether or not somebody is uh, is not fool's gold, so to speak. But he would be an upgrade over Henry Davis. I bet you, like next next week when we talk, I bet you I'll come up with a list of three or four catchers that are out there that that I'm, that I would like, that I would really like. Um, but I'm sure he'll be one of them. Do you like him? I mean, I like him better than what they got, Paul. I, you <laughs> know, right. yes. I think he, he's had trouble getting on base at different times. I don't know that if that was, you know, strictly the concern last year. Had almost 20 homers, which, listen, the Pirates need pops from somewhere. If you can get it, great. Um, we'll just see whether whether the, the price is, is going to be right for the Pirates. But, listen, Jason doesn't just throw a name out there, uh, you know, for, for anything. If, if he's going to throw one out there, he thinks there's a chance – the Pirates could get him, so it'll be interesting to see if, if this time next week it, we're talking about the Pirates having a new catcher. That was the one thing I was going to say. He does have a little bit of power. Yeah. And, and, and when you combine that with O'Neill Cruz maybe playing a whole season and uh, Howdy Tootie or whatever his name is at first base, uh, you know, if, if he if – what's his name? Howdy Duty or Howdy Rowdy, Telez. Rowdy Telez. Rowdy Telez. If you, if, you, if you combine that with him – you know, maybe having a big year because he's a lefty in PNC Park and all that other stuff. O'Neill Cruz comes back. Maybe Jack Sawinski cuts down maybe his strikeouts and swings and misses a little bit and actually hits a few more home runs. You had a guy that's going to give you 20, you know, 18 to 22 home runs behind the plate. Now all of a sudden, oh, and Cabrian Hayes picks up where he left off last year and maybe adds a little bit more pop than what he even had at the last couple of, you know, the last half of the season. I mean, all of a sudden you've got a team that maybe can hit enough home runs that really they become a pretty scary offense. Paul, uh, Jason also wrote an article giving four paths to upgrading the starting rotation. Um, One of them was the trade market. He mentioned, I think you and I have talked about them before, uh, Braxton Garrett, Edward Cabrera from the Marlins as, as guys who could make sense. He also brought into the conversation Brian Wu and Bryce Miller, a couple of young guys from the Seattle Mariners. Um, do any of those guys move the needle for you in terms of a potential, uh, I don't know if it's an overall number two, <laughs> but a number two on this Pirates staff at the very least? Um, do you, would, If the Pirates well, gave up you know, a, a middle infielder and maybe some guy from down at A-ball to bring one of those guys in, would that, would that make you say this, this rotation has been fortified enough that I can begin to see it with some of the moves they've already made with Marco Gonzalez and, and Martin Perez? Well, I wouldn't go that far, but I would think that it would probably suggest an upgrade, just like the whole thing with Henry Davis. Pretty much any catcher you could bring up is going to be an upgrade. Uh, the question is, and, and I think this is a really interesting concept that you bring up, Adam, is any of those guys a number two? And, and that's really, to me, I'm not interested in any of those guys if they're just going to come in and they sort of fall back into the middle to bottom of the rotation guys who eat innings and, you know, they give you competitive starts. Uh, I I really think if they're going to trade and they need to go get somebody who's legitimately going to make them better at the top two spots of their rotation, right? Because then you can move all those other guys back and move them down. Um, now the one kid from Seattle, uh, and I read the Jason, you know, threw these names out there. The one kid from Seattle, I forget which one it was that he talked about. I like, I think he could be good. I forget which one it is though. Was it Wu? I think he was in the 80th percentile in ERA last season. Yes. Yes. I think he's a guy that can be pretty good. You know, I think there were some things if you look deeper at, and, and, you know, I looked at Jason, what he wrote and I, I looked at their numbers 
two of the guys I have no interest in, but I thought the guy that I liked the most was, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was, it was, this, it was Wu. I like the fact that he's got some really good numbers, um, underlying numbers that I think that, you know, bring him into PNC park and, um, hopefully bring him into the national league and maybe he, you know, he, he's able to build on them and become a pretty good pitcher. But, um, if they're going to trade Adam, it's gotta be somebody that upgrades that, that the, the, the top half of the rotation. Yeah, I agree. I just wonder how much it's going to take to, and listen, he was a, he was a rookie. He put up some very solid numbers. Um, he's cost controlled for a long time. Is that, is that a guy that Seattle's going to give up willingly? I don't know. That's why I'm a little dubious about whether he, he's really an option here, but, um, you know, we'll see. They they do have a little bit of a glut. They might want to move it for some things the Pirates might be able to to give them. Um, Paul, to wrap things up today, I'm going to throw out some names that uh, Jason also brought up as potential free agent targets. Um, some of them have some some uh, baggage that comes along with them, but just just tell me in terms of you know baseball desirability if the if the Pirates have decided you know as they may have with with Aroldis Chapman that they're not so concerned about the off field stuff that they want guys who can make the team better. Um, <laughs> how, did, how do you rank these guys? He had Michael Lorenzen, Domingo Herman, Trevor Bauer, and Noah, Noah Syndergaard. Um, I think that, honestly, the guy that would interest me the most is Trevor Bauer. Honestly, I mean, if you, if you really want to get down to it, I think he would – I think he's – I think he could be a really good pitcher, number one. And number two, he was exonerated all that stuff. Now, clearly you sign them. There's going to be a public relations hit. No question about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you think about it and you look at it, you could probably manage that because he was exonerated and he was, you know, it was basically uh, determined that the, his accuser was basically telling stories. Um, So, and I think he would, I think now he would make them better. That's a big thing about, I don't know about you, but I think he would make them better. I think especially, you know, his, his arms got to be pretty fresh, um, even though he weren't he pitched in Japan or wherever he was at. Um, I, I think he's a guy that probably would interest me the most. I don't know. I, 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 that, to me, is somebody that can make them better. Yeah, I would, I you know, I'm a big, it depends. I mean, he's been out of the game for a long time, Paul. Do you know, do you know really what he is at, at this stage? I believe he was, what, he was in that same rotation with Garrett Cole, um, you know, back at UCLA, uh, he had been at the top of that draft as well. The Steelers ended up going with Cole instead of Trevor Bauer, but they easily could have gone with Trevor Bauer. But he's, he's been around for a while. He hasn't been in baseball. I wonder if that's really going to be a plug-and-play type of thing, Paul. Um, I think I, I think I like Michael Lorenzen, but I also think you could make the argument, as you did before, that he's maybe more of a 3, 4, 5 guy in a good rotation. Um, of that group, I'd probably put him second. I think Noah Syndergaard has the talent. Um, but you know, he hasn't been able to put it together the last couple of years. I think I'd rank him last and Domingo Harmon somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Well, folks, I think we lost Paul there at the very end. I think his phone, uh, passed out. We had been talking before the show about how he was charging things up. So I think we might have, have met the, uh, the limit of Paul Zeiss's cell phone, but thank you for joining us for our, uh, our conversation today. We had a lot of fun talking about the, the Steelers, a lot of fun talking about the Pirates. Uh, make sure you stay tuned later in the week. We're going to have a lot more on the Steelers. Um, we're going to have Christopher Carter on the North Shore Drive on Friday. Then I'll be back on Saturday, I believe, with Ray Fittipaldo for the latest Steelers mock draft. 
video recapping all the mock drafts happening around the internet. Um, so make sure you're subscribed if you enjoyed this video. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like it. Help us out in the YouTube algorithm. We always appreciate that. Um, and otherwise, we will talk to you again real soon. Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.